Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Film Fan Club Show. I am Sam Carrico, and I'm happy to report that Star Wars is saved. It's been three years since the last theatrical Star Wars film. The sequel trilogy's profits were essentially cut in half from Episode 7 to Episode 9. The critical reviews went from amazing to mid, and the fan reaction to Episode 9 was a franchise low. So what got announced at Star Wars Celebration this year? A Rey Skywalker movie, of course! It appears that the future really is female for this franchise, and this spinoff will pick up 15 years after Rise of Skywalker, with the Jedi Order in disrepair as Rey struggles to rebuild it. You heard right, we're now 45 years after Luke defeated Palpatine on the second Death Star, and the Jedi Order is still in disrepair. We're off to a great start. The next movie announced, though, really does go back to the start. At Celebration, James Mangold was brought out as the director about a movie featuring the origin of the Jedi and the first person to wield the Force. Now, this is a promising concept. The last movie I saw by James Mangold was Logan, and that was fantastic. A great character study, more reserved than your typical blockbuster. If we get that James Mangold, I can't wait. That being said, his next movie coming out is Indiana Jones 5. And if that's on the same level of quality as Indiana Jones 4, I don't want him anywhere near it. Speaking of people I don't want anywhere near Star Wars, Dave Filoni is getting his own live action film. Word on the street is that his movie will tie up the plot threads from Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, and the Asakatana show. But at this point, I'm fully expecting the bulk of it to just be an inconsequential side quest. Which brings us to Season 3 of Mandalorian. I mentioned in Part 2 of my Star Wars video essay that I enjoyed Season 1, but thought Season 2 was a huge step down. It seemed like after the initial arc of saving Baby Yoda from the Empire, the show didn't know where to go, so it just became the Star Wars cameo show, constantly taking detours to reintroduce cartoon characters like Bo-Katan and Ahsoka Tano. I was further discouraged when the events of the Season 2 finale, Baby Yoda leaving Mando to go with Luke, were undone in Book of Boba Fett, not even the same show. I'm so pleased, though, that while it may not reach the heights of the first few episodes of Season 1, I found Season 3 to be a huge step in the right direction. That's mostly because we get an actual story this season. Going in with the knowledge that Mando is on a quest to redeem himself, I was just waiting for the inevitable side quests and detours that would prolong that arc for the whole season. But I was really relieved when he's redeemed by the end of Episode 2. I didn't know what to expect next. But then, the show subverted my expectations in the best way possible with Episode 3. This is by far my favorite episode from the season, probably because it felt closer to the quality of a show like Andor. In doing so, Episode 3, and then the larger third season, answered several questions I've had since the beginning. How did the galaxy get here from Return of the Jedi, and how will it get to the political landscape of The Force Awakens? While forced at times, I appreciated the attempts at world building, but the second half of the season is where things start to falter for me. It's almost like the show knew that it finished Din Djarin's storyline too soon, so it returned to the side quests I hated so much, the worst of which is the infamous episode featuring Lizzo and Jack Black. Here we get everything I hate about this show. Cheap sets, unnecessary cameos, and terrible writing. When he's not doing side quests, the second half of this season has him playing second fiddle to Bo-Katan. Beta! I'm kidding, but who doesn't love a passive protagonist? Bo's quest to retake Mandalore ultimately brings them to a rematch with Moff Gideon, a villain who's already been defeated twice now and somehow can't figure out cloning, even though Palpatine was doing that 30 years ago. So while this season is better than expected and really starts off strong, it falls into the same traps that really leave me feeling unsatisfied. 
Baby Yoda is cute, though. Ooh. All right, and joining me now to share his reaction to my monologue and his own thoughts on everything Star Wars, including, of course, season three of The Mandalorian, video editor Alex McKellar is here. Hey, Alex, looking sharp. Hey, Sam. How you doing? I'm doing much better now that we're done with that monologue. So what do you think, though? I want to ask, uh, just hearing my thoughts on Mandalorian, I I think it's better than the, uh, than season two. Not mm. quite as good as the beginning of season one, um, okay. but still, yeah. you know, just those same problems continue per to persist. So what are your thoughts on The Mandalorian thus far and then season three now that it's over? Uh, so, <clears throat> I don't know, like, uh, Mandalorian, like, kind of like you, season one won me over. It was like a little bit of a slow burn at the beginning. Like, I was enjoying it, but uh, eventually it won me over. I, um, so I guess, like, fun Alex experience watching Star Wars media. I still hadn't watched Book of Boba Fett. So season three starts as we're preparing for this. And I'm like, whoa, do I not watch season two? Like, why? I thought Baby Yoda was with Luke. And, like, I'm kind of confused. But I was like, but I got to do this for Sam. So I'm just going to power through. I'll watch a recap later and figure out what I got confused on. You know, don't want to spend, like, five days watching three seasons of the show. But, uh, so, yeah, so... A little confused going into it. Didn't, thought I didn't remember season two. Turns out I did. I just didn't remember stuff that I hadn't seen in the book of Boba Fett. So, yeah. So I watched season three, and then I watched the recap and found out, yeah, all, all of the little plot points that happened in the book of Boba Fett, why Grogu's back with Mando and some of the other things going on that left me just being like, man, I guess I it all fell out of my brain. But, yeah, so season two for me was uh, fine, I guess. You know, I didn't. I don't remember having any overly strong opinions of it. Probably liked it better than I liked the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. Um, Which is like a very, favorite. very low bar, you know. Right, the Obi-Wan yeah. Kenobi show is horrible. Exactly. And um, I haven't watched, because like any like the Bad Batch or any of the animated ones that have been, been in between. So, you know, my knowledge of the Star Wars lore is definitely still hit and miss. But as far as season three goes, I, like you, I enjoyed it. Um, I did enjoy sort of the, once... You know, just letting aside that I was confused why Grogu was back. Those first two episodes, I did enjoy the, uh, <clears throat> like, him having to go back to Mandalore, checking out the planet, you know, and then doing the, I do, I still am a big fan of, like, the, the extreme cults, like, hardcore religion around these things, you know, the having to go to the waters, and especially that being paired up with Bo-Katan and her, you know, them being more relaxed, you know, not as fundamentalist. Uh, Mandalorians like and her being like it's not cursed it's not you know the water has no magic powers it's just there uh, that was that was stuff and I enjoyed you know bringing out that like fantasy element of the sci-fi fantasy show or well series that Star Wars is but then um, episode three like you said I think that was one of my favorite episodes I was having to go back since I binge watched it to see which ones were which but that's the one with the scientists you know and the yeah, I should have clarified in my monologue yeah. that, that that's an episode that's not even about the Mandalorian. Right, yeah, you get a episode of little the bit of, yeah, a little bit of Mandalorian in the beginning and a little bit at the end, which I, you know, I enjoyed both of those moments as well, that, like, bookend. Um, but, yeah, definitely enjoyed that whole, like, just seeing the scientists, seeing, like, the rehabilitation program the New Republic was offering, you know, watching even some of the other ex-Imperial officers, like, be nostalgic for certain little things from yeah. their empire days, you know, even though they're dis like disowning the empire, whether that's genuine or they're doing it because they're trying to fit in Wait, you know, none of that mattered to me too much because I'm sure it was a mix of all of it. 
for those. Exactly. Those, we're considering those people real. But uh, but yeah, that whole thing. And then the girl still working for Moff Gideon as like a super deep cover spy was rad. Uh, even though like saw it coming a mile away, I enjoyed that whole oh, sure. like arc. Yeah, like you know, that's that's the type of thing where I'm like, I'm glad they didn't try to like double like do a double bluff where it's like I'm like you know, it was fun knowing that she was evil and then seeing how that pl played out with yeah. this whole thing. Did you notice the haircut that she had? The, the that 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 character had. Yeah, I, I'm tired yeah. of this this haircut. Every, yeah. People associating it with people on the that Sam, side of the aisle. I don't appreciate the Sam it. Carico. Yeah, I know. I'm like, <laughs> I was like watching it. I was like, she has my haircut. I don't appreciate being associated with this kind of behavior. That's <laughs> you're like, I do not work for Moff Gideon. Yeah, I'm not a baddie. But yeah. um, but yeah. But then, and then, and then that lead, how did you feel about Moff Gideon in his larger storyline? About I didn't really touch on that in my monologue, other than he's bad at cloning, even though that's been around for thirty years. His whole thing yeah. is like, I want to figure out how to clone people. I'm like, bro. You know? Yeah. But, I know, uh, that, that, yeah. that one's weird because it's like I'm I'm not sure if it's because like only that one like long necked race on the Aqua Planet was like the only ones that could oh, do I cloning. Him in my, uh, uh, oh, the yeah, the ruling council on Camino led by Doctor Nalase. Yes, yeah, exactly. I don't know if I don't know if they're like I mean I know so you know in the weird mixed up lore that I am aware of apparently Palpatine's been cloning himself since the beginning of time or something is what we maybe learned in force awakens but then we were making clone soldiers which is like a different offshoot so like cloning technology is sort of a thing that exists but maybe is more difficult um i did i liked that he was trying to do something different than just making clones like he's trying to make a better version of himself like make a force sensitive version like he's like stealing all these different like good bits from different races to make himself like the ultimate ubermensch i'm sure someone online knows exactly the what is hard about cloning and what is easy and why moff gideon was doing it in secret and all of that stuff which also i love that he's like just you know he's not like the top dog in the empire shadow council but he's definitely like i'm gonna wipe out all of you as soon as i can sort mm. of thing you know, like that that whole bit with like a with like a young Hux and the other generals where he's like just one of the guys there as they're discussing for resources. You just get the sense that he's like, oh, I'm not obsessed with cloning. You know, that's your thing. I just need some reinforcements to deal with these Mandalorians. But it's really you're like, oh, no, he's going to just take over everything and wipe you all out as well. So, I mean, aside from like, I think you mentioned like he's already been beaten twice and yeah. you get to watch it again. Yeah. Like, it's like, yeah, that that did bug me a little bit, you know, that he kept, like, he has, he's just kept not dying. You know, him escaping and being rescued after Mando let him live, like, that's fine, but yeah, and then coming back. But at the same time, it's like, his, like, presence as a villain was diminished, even yeah, by, though... By the end of season two, I'm like, you're, you're not, I'm not really intimidated by you anymore. Right, yeah. And they didn't, even with his, like, super... Beskar armor and it's like the robot sounds when he's punching um you know it wasn't i like i, I wasn't there because i was like oh we're finally defeating the best one of the best villains i was more there having a good time because i'm like man i really like watching bo katan uh grogu and mando like work together you know like i i love it when like groups work together to overcome the challenge as opposed to just i mean well i also love it when like someone's like really strong i you know i love a lot of things about cinema but i enjoyed that aspect of it i especially yeah. enjoyed sort of skipping over a couple episodes just to get to like the things that i enjoyed the most 
was like the the two groups of Mandalorians them coming together. Uh, I enjoyed that yeah. a whole lot. But I'm you know like I'm a sucker, especially for like groups with bad blood coming together to like like in a liberation adjacent like storylines like them reclaiming the planet of Mandalore. I was like, oh yeah, good, good for y'all. I'm happy. Way to yeah. go, Bo-Katan and the crew. I make a joke in the monologue uh, about how it is uh, unfortunate that Mandal. Oh, we're gonna put a pin in the. We're gonna put a pin in the discussion on the Empire because I have more to say about that. Mm. Thank God they did what they did with the Empire. I thought it was a lot. Thank God they answered all those questions. But I make a joke about Bo-Katan uh, and and Mandalorian playing second fiddle to her. But I did. I, I'm not gonna lie. I did. I was pretty hyped at the end of whatever. I think it was that horrible episode that I didn't like with Lizzo and Jack Black. But at the end of the side quest, after that, she has the fight with uh, what's his name, and then it's like Axe Wolf. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, and, I think and then Axe Wolf. He's yes. Cool. And then, uh, and then she gets the sword, and everybody like kind of like bows to her. It reminded me of Game of Thrones whenever Daenerys takes, you know the army or whatever and, and and everybody bows to her and it was like it yeah. was good imagery i was i was hyped for for bo katan at the end of that episode i was like yeah let's go take back yeah. Mandalore. um no i mean yeah i enjoyed i like i like that he, uh like mandal like din jaren or you know mandalorian the mando guy pedro pascal like isn't trying to be the leader i like that he's just very much like i'm a bounty hunter i'm gonna you know follow the code I'm going to care about Grogu, but like your quest is good. So I'm going to help you out. You know, like him helping to save the town that Carl Weathers is in charge of. I don't remember all of the different names like that, like that Navarro. kind of stuff. I believe it's Navarro. Yeah. Navarro. Um, like all of that stuff I thought was good because yeah, he isn't, he's like, you know, it's like the Western. He's the gunslinger. He's like, I'm not here to be in charge. I'm not here to be the leader, but I, you know, I support what you're doing you know i'm going to be the man of violence that comes to the town that does the violence and then i'm gonna you know take a step back because i don't live in the town that i create that old sort of like western trope which yeah. you know done in with a with a somewhat fresh you know star wars aesthetic and some different ideas going on yeah. so yeah like and i enjoyed uh i think one meme i saw was like you know boys flirting and it was uh anakin talking to padme about how i hate sand and then it was like men flirting and he's like, your song is not yet written, but I, you know, I'm here for while it is, you know, to Bo-Katan. Oh, I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. See? yeah, like, you know, Mandalorian's a classy dude. He's just chilling. He ain't, he ain't worried about a female being in charge. He's like, I'm just, you know, I'm going to help you win. And then I'm going to go to my farm with my alien baby. He was older most, than I am. He's the most, uh, yeah, that's funny. He's the most <laughs> um, uh, honorable bounty hunter that I've ever seen, which makes me oh, wonder, yeah. how did he ever get in the... the the industry of bounty hunting i don't understand uh so he's like the yeah. nicest guy and he doesn't ever do any bounty hunting you know a lot of people thought that this season was going to be oh yeah we're going to get back to bounty hunting you know and then and mm. then book of boba fett which you didn't watch is very funny i've been waiting for this moment to meet somebody who has like goes into season three of mandalorian is like what is happening yeah, that was, <laughs> that's so funny that was me I was like, wow, I really don't remember season two at all. <laughs> yeah, because I was rewatching uh, Mandalorian, and, 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 and but then I to, or to, for this discussion to get into season mm. three, and, and I was showing it to somebody, and to, to get into to get them ready for season three, I had to be like, all right, now we have to go watch two episodes of Boba Fett, and they were like, why? <laughs> because they literally, <laughs> I think the the idea is that they just didn't have enough episodes of Boba Fett because Boba Fett was kind of rushed. And mm. they just were like, all right, well, we're, all, we're already kind of shooting season three of Mandalorian. So why don't we put the first couple episodes of season three of Mandalorian as like a backdoor pilot in Boba Fett, even though we already have a show that we're doing a backdoor pilot right. for. And I'm like, I don't understand what's going on. So, yeah. but, so it's, it's very confusing. And it's 
this is the obvious repercussions of that. But we don't need to relitigate that. I had right. a bunch of things I wanted to say. I was very happy about the state of the empire because one thing mm. I had going from the first in, from the first season into the second season was the empire we in, we meet Werner Herzog and is like the imperial remnant is very like disheveled. They look all gross and we kind of seem off getting in at the end and it's like, oh, he's got more Imperial guys. And then the, by the time we get to season two, it's just like, it's the empire is back. And I'm like, well, what happened with Luke's, you know? So then with this season, that one scene did so much for me. And cause I'm a lore, you know, a guy, I have a, I love yeah. the lore. So I just love that they, they include, I'm a lore head, you know, I, I included that. I love that they included that scene where they, it's pretty rough exposition probably now that i'm thinking about it but they show us the state of the galaxy like what is the empire doing how did they come to this point since return of the jedi and you also you know like i mentioned in the monologue you get the hints of where it's going you know you can see mm -hmm. it's like poetry you know it rhymes you see the yeah. stanzas of where it's going to go exactly you know I, it is it is interesting you know like we've talked about for years as a culture how we were confused at the force awakens like wait why now is is the empire like back or like, what is it? The first order, like, what is this? Why are they so powerful? Why do they have all these resources? And now we're like getting that filled in in what in, in a way that like does work within the Mandalorian show. Like I like the idea of the outer rim having like pockets of empire versus trying to new established states. Cause like the new Republic isn't big enough yet to like really go out there and have a presence. Yeah. So you've got pirates, you've got the old empire people as like feudal Lords, that kind of stuff. Like, all of that is cool. Wish we could have known about it earlier. But, you know, in 100 years, this will all just be the canon. We're just living through the chaos of making it up right now. And that's, so. I am just love that they have the opportunity to do that. Because, yeah, mm -hmm. it, it even fixed a little bit of Rise of Skywalker. The only bit, and I hope they can square that circle with clones that, clone technology has existed for so long. So why is it, like, now, like, we're just now figuring out? Because clearly the implication is that Moff Gideon you know, kind of re-revolutionizing clone technology will lead to Palpatine's return in episode nine is kind of the implication. And, and yeah. like you're saying in the future, Disney Lucasfilm is kind of hoping that we'll just watch it as one and just be like, oh, okay, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, but, that's, how, oh, that's how it was always meant to be. But how will they... Weird train wreck. <laughs> yeah, well, how will they square the circle of episode two, Attack of the Clones, you know? I just don't... I, I still hope they can fix yeah. that. I mean, feel free to take this Disney. I'm just riffing right now. But like it, it to me, it just seems that like the key point that is difficult is like maybe Palpatine can like through the force because he can summon an army of like wrote like a death star destroyers or whatever, uh, seemingly out of nowhere. So maybe he could have cloned himself through the force and like that creature, that new Palpatine clone is force sensitive, but maybe you know, just growing a bunch of uh, Boba Fett or Django Fett or whatever uh, is that like you can't like add new things other than just like shorten their lifespan or whatever they did and put in Order 66 if that was like a genetic code thing, uh, which I don't remember where that was supposed to line up. But so like I guess like the the new thing that maybe they're trying to get to is like, yeah, it was difficult. Like the leap forward that this scientist guy was making was the ability to like CRISPR the genes to like give the clones force abilities or other abilities. And like he was, I, I was hoping at some point they would finally say Metachlorians again. I really, I really wanted it to be brought up. I would, it would That's what they're injecting him with. I'm like, yeah. what are you injecting him with? Figuring out how to cultivate the Metachlorians in the blood. Whatever, we all know Metachlorians exist. George Lucas ruined Star Wars, but it's broken as it is. So let's just run with it. Um, <laughs> 
but yeah, so I was really hoping that would happen. So maybe that's the thing. And then that also potentially leads to their ability to create Snoke. So it's not a Palpatine clone. It's now a meat puppet controlled by the force. That's Palpatine. I don't know. I still like it's oh, very confusing. Do you confusing. think that that's where this will like, do you think we'll get the literal creation of Snoke or one of the first clones that? Is that's what that's kind of what I'm thinking with seeing Hux. Maybe not in this. Maybe that'll be a Sokatano or some I, other thing. But that's why I think we're bringing up that cloning stuff and Moff Gideon and why we had to kill that scientist so that the, the other people that Moff Gideon wanted to, to crush that are in the Empire didn't have access to the ability to give clones force abilities. That yeah. like that's what I read with that kind of stuff. That's where I would assume they're going with it. It's like yeah. we now need to explain where Snoke came from, even though I for me that never mattered that much. But like since we're doing all this deep lore, well, I think Snoke is kind of like I don't think I think this is more so to explain where Palpatine in Episode Nine came from, or do you think it's both? Well, as far, I what I my understanding is that Palpatine, but I could be wrong. Palpatine in Episode Nine is it, like is Palpatine from Episode Six. He's my understanding. Now yeah, we're litigating Rise of Skywalker. I know. This, we're getting <laughs> we're getting real deep Lord nerd shit. I I could be wrong. I don't I know. Again, that's Star Wars baby. I don't care. Yeah. I, I'm there for yeah. when it's fun and it's great. And then there's a lot of there's a lot of shit to slog through to get to those points. But but yeah, sorry. No, let me know if I'm wrong about how Oh, I was just my understanding is that since he looked like Ian McDermott, you know, but just gross Ian McDermott and not not like disfigured Ian McDermott, you know, it didn't mm -hmm. look like like Palpatine post, you know, uh electrocuting Mace Windu. It looked like like Senator Palpatine, his, his mm -hmm. face in episode yeah. nine for the most of it until he sucks the life force out of Ray, I assume. Yeah. So and then he's like coming back. Oh, yeah, yeah. so I assume it's, it's a clone dream. of of of, of senator palpatine i i don't understand yeah. we, rise of skywalker sucks i have a whole video on, on why um, yeah so. sorry we keep getting derailed from i mean it's all connected it's all connected it's very important especially whenever you're they're trying to fix these things you know when they're yeah, trying to exactly. use the show to retroactively be like oh no actually this movie you hate makes sense mm. yeah. Yeah. cool Fine. Yeah, if you say so. Uh, yeah. But you mentioned a couple things, Alex, that uh, I, we talked about the things I like in this show. I like the, the mm. Din, Din Djarin getting redeemed storyline. I like, I would even say I like the first four episodes because the fourth episode had the, the cameo by Ahmed Best uh, from uh, 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 Phantom Menace who played uh, Jar Jar in that, in that movie. And then he plays oh, the, yeah. the guy who, who rescues Baby Yoda in this show. And then... The, the second half of the season devolves into things that I hate about the show, which is the side quests, you know, literal side quests. And I, I want to give you three just right off the bat, you know. Hmm. Kid gets kidnapped by a pterodactyl. That's a side quest. Whole episode about it. Um, I believe there's Jack Black and Lizzo. Uh, mm -hmm. Whole episode about that. And there's one more side quest that I'm forgetting. And I can't remember. Is what that the... The saving Navarro from the pirates. That saving one Navarro from the, yes, thank you. The yeah. pirates, because I thought we were going to get the pirates in episode one, and then they didn't yeah. really do. They had a little bit with the pirates, but then episode one moved on, and we got an actual storyline. And I was like, oh yeah. my god, this is so refreshing. And yeah. then they go back in season and later in the season, and then give us those three back to back to back: the pterodactyl pirates, and then uh, Jack yeah. Black Lizzo. And I hated each of those episodes, and spend the worst one not because of Jack Black and Lizzo, although they were horribly written characters and with bad. <laughs> 
performances. It's not just because of them, but also just because it was written like a ba- like a, a bad Scooby Doo episode, you know, with with Christopher Lloyd being like he gets. Uh, I love seeing Christopher Lloyd though, but mostly because yeah. I just love seeing Christopher Lloyd. Absolutely, <laughs> I would rather him be there than not be yeah. there. I was but, like, oh my man, welcome. But he's yeah. Anyways, so those three side quests. What did you make of those things? Did you hate him as much as I did? Uh, no. But again, I was kind of speed running the show, so I was like, let's get through this. You know, double speed. <laughs> yeah. Well, not quite that much, but I was just like, all right, let's go. The uh, I would say the one that bothered me least was probably the pirate one, since it was kind of like, oh, we're setting up that like this Navarro's having trouble transitioning to being not like a bounty hunter pirate sanctuary you know we have them at the beginning with the school they run off i I love the captain's look the like muppet moss faced dude i i thought that was great that practical puppety thing was super awesome and i liked that it was like a so like they they worked like i get why they were side quests i get what you're saying so it's like you know bo katan and mando come back to the cohort and they're hiding out there right and then so we need something to ingratiate Bo-Katan to this group like she's she's gone in the water so she's been baptized according to their thing so like we need a reason for the rest of the tribe to trust Bo-Katan right so a pterodactyl steals a kid contrived and you know had been a problem apparently going on for a while but is a fine enough thing for getting to the point of Bo-Katan becoming the person that can unite both groups and the armorer saying you have walked both ways you can unite us you know so like that it's like so she earns their respect the armorer sees she's earned their respect and so now she the armorer tells her you can take your helmet off and you can lead both groups like you don't have to be committed to our way you can be from both tribes you know again maybe we could have done a little bit better of a way other than random pterodactyl grabs a child I see what you're saying. Though, at least yeah. in service of yeah, like it it worked for a plot like plot points that they were setting up, which an then arc. that leads in yeah to the next part where now we see with the pirates that they're all going to work together because they respect Mando again. Like that was like the second part of his redemption. What was, was the second part, part of his redemption? He had to uh, walk, so he, he had to so, bathe in the waters. Right, that was for the armor, but him earning the respect of that big guy with the minigun, pause, whatever. Uh, was him saving that guy's son, right? Because they had right. to fight in Boba Fett for right. the dark saber. So he was still like, "Oh, we, you know," and like that speech where he's like, "We helped this guy before, and many of us died for nothing." And then he gets to say, "But we're gonna do it again because he saved my son, and he's part of us, and we're gonna help him rescue this area. This is the way." It's like that was good and a resolution of whatever tension there was between Mando and the other Mando with the minigun. So right. like again. You know, so we get that, and then they go, they help Navarro, which again continues the arc of like setting this up, giving the Mandalorians all a place to live. But then that needs to be moved on to go back to the planet of Mandalore. So it's like it's a little clunky, I think. Like I don't, I, like I don't think you're wrong to like not love those episodes because I was kind of checked out while they were going on. Yeah, but like it. They were side quests, but they weren't as even while you were checked out, bad. you were able to pick on things that they were that helped make the art oh, yeah, well, kind of flow. That, in an that was all the parts way. that I cared about. I was like, okay, we're doing this because of this reason. Yeah. What's happening in well, between worst, those things is yeah. 
I, I think the worst example though is the Lizzo Jack Black episode. And because <laughs> yeah, they literally go to them and say, Hey, we need to talk to the Mandalorians outside of your base. And they're like, okay, you can only do this if you do the side quest for me. Yeah. It's literally they almost yeah. they verbatim say that. That is <laughs> for sure the weakest one where it's like, they're going to where they are. They can't land next to them because of a contrived reason. Well, and, and then, they yeah, have they get put in a shuttle that won't let them go anywhere but right there, and then <laughs> it's because of multiculturalism that they're allowed to have weapons that they can actually go and do something about the robots that are bad. Which like I get yeah kind of Scooby Doo kind of fun for me. It was like it was funny seeing Jack Black and Lizzo. Which like I'm like yeah whatever. Like I love Jack Black. I don't got anything against Lizzo. I love Christopher Lloyd. And if I was offered to be in a Star Wars episode, I would say yes. Uh, so, don't blame them for being, absolutely. Yeah. I don't blame them for being, yeah. I blame the casting director. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you know, like, like this is, this is this just feels like the way the world works now. It's just people wanting like cameos or like little parts in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Right, well, and it's because Star Disney Wars. wants Lizzo to post a TikTok of her on the set, you know. And oh yeah, like yeah, it's, it's, and, it's and, blowing like, up, it's, pro, it's profiles, it's expanding, it's branding, it's all of this like gross corporate stuff. That gets in the way of writing stories but that's also the world we're living in so like yeah i don't like it but if we want to get rid of it we should probably break up disney as a corporation uh you know make smaller studios not one thing that controls all but you know aside from that uh the my favorite part of the episode which again is, is the weakest episode of the series I, i'm not trying to like say oh, it's a hidden gem but i love the robot bar because of how like a bunch of a paradox droids are in this universe. Like yeah. we got episode or we got a new hope where they don't serve droids in a bar where it's like, yeah, why would you serve droids? They don't drink anything. And then now, and then now to yeah. finally like robo alcohol confirmed. And it's like, <laughs> there was like the Christopher Lloyd bought a batch that he could use to make them malfunction so that he could, I don't even remember why the episode was such a nothing. It in was my because mind. he was. I did enjoy this. He was a uh, separatist. He. Yeah, um, oh, that's right. He was a Count Dooku, bro. I yeah. loved that. Yeah. That he lo uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was like a hint respect. of something of yeah. a little bit of fun world building there, and the I did enjoy the Blade Runner together. I I did enjoy the Blade Runner meets iRobot kind of scene where he's running through the the town chasing the battle the super battle yeah. droid from the prequel. Yeah, like it had it had fun moments, but yeah, like I uh, it was the most contrived side questy of well, them. and Jack Black were literally like NPCs just doing a predetermined yeah. arranged like uh like they're just in that one room just walking ah. around playing games the whole time and welcome you go back to, to the our... press A you know yeah. the... welcome to our dinner we have a task for you walk over here uh you can have weapons because we've said so even though we don't have weapons here uh the army is not allowed to enter which like oh that's fine whatever you got a sci-fi world it's got you know it's a democracy it's got all these other rules it's all fine. And, you know, spooky droids are acting up because Christopher Lloyd and Count Dooku. The parts of that episode were fun, but ultimately, yeah, it was it was just like, yeah, we need to get to talk to Axe and the gang. Uh, but we're going to make that difficult for some reason because we don't we have we don't have a whole episode out of this and we want to get to eight. The last thing I want to talk about before I get your kind of wrap up uh, is mm -hmm. uh, Baby Yoda, of course. Love Baby Yoda. He's so fucking cute. Uh, oh, yeah. You can't not love him. He's a huge hype machine for this show, but, you know, how can he not be? It's, it's, oh, yeah. It's, Adorable he's, in this, he was, in this yeah. season. Oh, my well, God. Running around. Look.
Poppy feet, like do 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 do. Oh, you don't don't make me jump to the things I hate. I'm trying to I'm trying to I'm trying to okay. focus on the things I love real quick. I do know that he he is like a conglomerate of like made in a machine or made in a lab by a machine, like by yeah. a bunch of executives. What is weaponized cuteness? Yeah, what is statistically the cutest thing we could think? Of? Oh well, 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 you know, Yoda's popular. What if he was a baby? What if he had these big eyes, floppy ears? And I'm like, well, it works. He's so cute. Yeah. Uh, and this season, though, did have a couple of moments for me that were a little bit meh as far as Baby Yoda goes. Uh, IG-11 as a mech suit for Baby Baby Yoda in a mech suit is a weird... Oh, you didn't like weird, that? He's a weird concept. I think they... I was so relieved when they were, whenever that went away. Mm. I think it gets destroyed, and then they bring back IG-11, like, properly, mm -hmm. like, as a yeah. security droid. And I appreciate yeah. that. I, I was really worried that we were going to just, from now on, Baby Yoda was going to be in a mech suit. And I, I didn't mm. quite... I, it, was, it really, really stretched thin my uh, suspension of disbelief when it, by having that baby not, you know, operate a whole machine and run around and then be thrown into these, like... Uh, very dangerous situation. Like the Mandalorian should be accused of child endangerment, legal, you know, in a court of law, because like he he does. I mean, no I know he adopted that. him, but the guy Yoda's older. Baby Yoda's older than he is. I guess that's an interesting point, you know. But he's he's adopt. <laughs> he did adopt him, you know. He's his child, guardian now, so uh, I think as so the weird, moment he adopted him, I'd be like, all right, you're going to jail. Like, <laughs> um, but child so endangerment so, in the wild west of space. <laughs> and then another thing is they had Praetorian guards. I was, as a Last Jedi hater, I was like, fuck seeing them, but also, let's see what they do with them. They bring them in and have them kill off a, you know, a long-standing character, make them badass, intimidating even. And I was like, wow, okay. Next episode, they go after Baby Yoda, and he is able to run around on a, on a, like, a, what is it, a, like a... Ceiling. Like a light, it's like a ceiling light, light thing. Yeah, yeah thank yeah. you. And ah, and great. outrun three Praetorian guards for like like what felt like fifteen minutes before that he's out. Uh, what? Like... Do, 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 do. Yeah, and that's the, and that's what ah. drives me nuts is that his him just right. And then they had him flipping. I guess that's what they did. They did check off Baby Yoda flipping throughout the mm -hmm. whole season where he would get excited and, and jump. And I bet that's what they were doing. They're like, see, you can't say that's, you know, dumb because he did it before. And it was, it was a little cringe every time he did it. But now they had him just flipping around. And so what did you make of uh, Baby Yoda's, my cringe, what do you make of my cringe moments for Baby Yoda? IG-11 and, uh, and uh, the flipping. Well, it's IG-12 when Baby Yoda tries it. So get your <laughs> shit together, bro. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, no, I, I, I had a similar thing where I was like, well, this is kind of weird that we're just putting him in there. But then, like, giving him the ability to say yes and no, like, ended up, oh, I yeah. felt like, getting used well in the show. Yeah. You know, at certain points. Oh, I, 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 I thought it was so funny that for the first, yeah. like, five minutes. But then when they threw him in the action sequences, I was like, all right, this yeah. is a little much. Well, so uh, then when he breaks up the fight between Axe and Paz uh, on the ship, yeah, I liked that a whole bunch. That was yeah. great. I was, was like, sweet. ah. Yeah, I was like, this is, uh, thank you. This I get why we have this robot now. Um, even though it didn't bother me too much. Also, real quick, connected to that, I love that we have the Babu Fricks family in this. They're, oh, they're like the best part of the Rise of Skywalker, and they're and out then, there, ho, ho, fiction droids. Well, that, that, him, them interacting with Baby Yoda yeah. this season, they're like, no, bad baby. <laughs> yeah, bad baby. <laughs> so, so good. <laughs> so silly. I absolutely adore it. But uh, also weaponized cuteness. But again, it works. I, you know, I can't, 
I'm I'm not a machine. I'm not a droid. I was and the balls on Disney acknowledging Rise of Skywalker. You know, I mean, again, they clearly yeah. don't have with them announcing a Ray movie. They clearly don't understand the reaction that fans had to that trilogy. But whatever, balls on them yeah. acknowledging I, it though. Yeah, it's. I mean, that the, I feel like the only thing that's not touchable is Metachlorians and Jar Jar, like explicitly. <laughs> you know, like it's the Lucas stuff. Like they got to own what they've made. But either way, so all of that, and then um, the flipping. Yeah, the flipping. So like him. Grogu having to fight the Praetorian guards, uh, like that had like I have two things with that. One, it was cool to see that their armor was Beskar. That's why like they were so tough, you know, like seeing that mixed in oh. there. I don't know if that had been talked about before elsewhere, but I was like, oh yeah, okay, cool. That's why they're sort of extra tough because they actually have the Beskar armor on. And it kind of reminded me of like uh, John Wick chapter three when like the the, the tables SWAT men come in and he's got to like shoot them back so he can get to a killing blow and like yeah. mando fighting like that i was like oh that's kind of fun you know it be done better than john wick but like the subtle bits of watching him struggle like shooting them in the armor to then disorient them to get like a killing strike on them i was like yeah this is cool i'm i'm okay with this but um i wasn't as put off by him flipping around in the fights with the praetoria guards after ig11 gets cut up by their laser static swords or whatever those things are they're fake lightsabers um because i was like yeah we're a show that is for the a child in all of us and we're having a little bit of goofs right now with little baby yoda you know using his force here and there um but uh what i like what i did like as after he gets out of the suit was when like he mando and bo katan were all fighting to stop moff gideon because i thought that was a good like arc for Grogu not being afraid of Gideon anymore and like them working together with his little force pushes to like get stuff out of the way and uh then you know saving them from the fire with a force bubble like you know it's like one it works is showing that yeah he's uh Grogu's getting better with the force even though he's not training with Luke and two like he's coming into his own and like believing in himself even as a what like 80 year old toddler at this point or whatever he's supposed to be we're seeing seeing the footsteps of where yoda learned how to fight count dooku you know and flip around and do all that crazy lightsaber shenanigans that he does in the prequels because george lucas thought it was a good idea for the strongest force user to have a little tiny lightsaber sword and not actually be a cripple have that be a goof and do a bunch of ridiculous acrobatics and so because that exists now we see Grogu doing the same things. Well, I did actually, I, I, picking up on, on that, actually, I did think that was, I, I got the echoes of that as well. I was like, mm -hmm. wow, we really are just like it's so many years. And that kind of speaks to, larger, to, to a larger thing about now where we can reference the prequels. We can reference mm -hmm. Yoda jumping around and fighting Count Dooku. We can have super battle droids and, and original battle droids. And, 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 and even with Rise of Skywalker, it's kind of like, well, it's fun that we can embrace the bad parts of Sky of of Star Wars, you know, even like with Bob bringing oh, yeah. in Babu Frick from from Rise Whoa. of Skywalker and or, or one Babu of the, Frick was not a bad part. No, 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 but like, <laughs> no, yeah, I'm, but one I'm of just the, one of the better yeah. parts of a bad movie, I say. So, yeah, I guess we'll say. Mm -hmm. So, so Alex, it seems like overall, I mean, I liked the first. I think this is one of the better seasons. I still think the mm -hmm. best of Mandalorian is probably like the first three episodes, but I would say the first mm -hmm. four episodes of this season were a huge, you know, step in the right direction. Um, yeah. I want to know what you think, though. Did you recommend? But again, for the second half, for me, season kind of took a step back. Uh, it, 
I want to know what you think, though. Would you recommend this season? And uh, I guess there's two ways. Would you recommend it to somebody who doesn't like Star Wars anymore? And would you recommend it to somebody who, you know, thought the first two seasons were fine? Uh, definitely, if you thought the first two seasons were fine, yeah, g- give it a watch. There's good stuff. I mean, I feel like if you thought the first two seasons were fine, you've probably already seen it because you're obsessed with Baby Yoda. And uh, live your life. You know, don't let me dull your sparkle with any of my thing. Like, have have your cake and eat it, too. That's That's totally fine. Uh, if you are tired of Star Wars, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. You might like some of this. Like, there's definitely Star Wars is one of those things at this point now that I feel like I've just made peace with. Like, some of it's going to be bad, some of it's going to be good. Uh, and I do still enjoy, find myself enjoying spending time in this universe. Like, I think the brightest spot of the shows, I think, and I think you agree, is Andor. Even with my problems with Rogue One, I really liked the show Andor. I thought that was like pretty solid from beginning to end. And I'm glad that I watched it all in one go. I think I can see where some people thought it was a bit slow, some of those middle episodes after the first climax, but Andor's great. This is, I, I would say, a solid season. Like I'm not as down on the side quest episodes as you are, but I do get how they feel side questy. You know, I don't think that's like an incorrect read of what's happening. It just, it's like, we've got these beats we want to get to. So we're going to do little self-contained stories along the way, which Mandalorian, the first season I feel like kind of did because they had that like prison rescue one, which I get all connected to that bigger overlying overlying arc. And I think the first season does that a little bit better. This one is slightly more subdued, that overlying arc of really this being about bringing the two tribes together and then rescuing Mandor. Uh, uh, Mandalore. Mandalore. That's what I was like. What did I say? That's not right. <laughs> you mixed I, that I, with the show Andor. <laughs> yeah. Andor, Mandalore, whatever. And the big uh, monster under the water was, was cool. And my favorite part that has come from this, I don't know if you saw it. Do you watch Arlenauts on YouTube? No. Arlenauts? Okay. So they made a like a song, and it's a bop. It's, it's good. Of all of the This Is The Ways said through the first three <laughs> seasons. And so uh, I'll send you a link after this, It's uh, but it's a fun time. People should check it out. It's very short it, because it is as a song and it's, it's such a bop. It's such a banger. And like, so I am here all day for Disney to make whatever they want, if only to keep Arlenauts making Star Wars parody <laughs> content. Because they're, they're, the show they made about Obi-Wan called Larry was fantastic. Their redubs of the prequels where C-3PO is like a sociopath, like murdering people to get skin, like he's on a giant quest just to get skin from Anakin because he was promised it, is dark and hilarious. Uh, yeah, so Disney, make whatever you want. Do Embrace the bad ideas, the good ideas, because Arlenauts will make content that I will endlessly consume and enjoy. So that's what I recommend, is watch this stuff, but then also go check out their channel because it's hilarious. Alex McKellar, I appreciate you always reminded me of the things that I like about Star Wars and then even, you know, making me like uh, some things like the side quest episodes that I didn't like, you know, making me like those a little bit more. So Alex McKellar, thank you for doing that. and Thank you for joining the show. Anytime. Absolutely. Happy to be here. All right. And I hope you'll watch our video essay, Why I Hate My Favorite Franchise, A Star Wars Story. Alex McKellar was the co-editor on part one. I'm very happy with how it turned out. uh, Both parts are now on YouTube. I've been Sam Carrico, guys. If you want to find me on the various social media sites, you can find me at Samuel D. Carrico on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at the Film Fan Club on Facebook and TikTok. But of course, I really just hope that you subscribe here on YouTube. We'll be back in a couple of weeks 
talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I'll see you then. Thanks.